Hello and welcome to part two of the Rouse Review, the City Works portion of the podcast. Uh, we're going to bring in Kenny Johnson, Kenneth Johnson. Oh, which uh, is Kenny. That's why it's known as Kenny. He's so nice. Uh, who is our transit uh, operations manager, admin. He just got a new role. We'll, uh, we'll ask but him. But I don't remember in. what his title is. Yeah, we'll ask him when he gets in here. But uh, we're going to talk about all things transit. We'll probably give you a quick 10, 15 minute discussion about uh, how it works, why it works, how to become a driver, the training drivers go through, and a few little ins and outs about the transit system. So uh, let's go ahead and bring him on in. Okay, and we have Kenny Johnson, who, what's your title now, Kenny? I am the transit supervisor for Wintran. Okay. What does that mean? Well, I oversee a lot of the daily operations um, with all the drivers, mm-hmm. with all the daily routes, our paratransit operations. Mm-hmm. I'm in the office mainly, but I can hop in a bus if we need to and, uh, okay. and you know, catch us up. <laughs> you may see me out there once in a while. So you have your CDL? Yes, I do. And our buses are large enough that they require that. Or is it anytime you carry passengers? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, we do require CDL Class B okay. with a passenger endorsement for our drivers. Got it. So tell me about those different levels. With the Class B, it's smaller buses, you know, with the gross weight being mm-hmm. under a certain amount of weight and no trailers. You know, so okay. as far as like public works, sometimes it requires a Class so A. So big semi truck I see on the highway, that's a Class A? That's going to be a Class A. Class A. Right. So. Big Mac truck on the highway, Class A. Class B, wind trend. A lot of your buses, okay. uh, school buses, dump trucks, Got things it. like that. Is there a Class C? There is a Class C uh, for more like passenger vans. Oh, okay. And hmm. smaller smaller vehicles that do operate like that. Okay. Got it. So I'm going to back up a little bit. How long have you been with the city? I've been with the city now almost nine years. Okay. I started in public works with the street department. Okay. Did a quick stint in refuse and recycling. Mm-hmm. And when the position came open for transit, I jumped at it. I started in transit when I worked for the city of Harrisonburg. Okay. As a driver. Got so. it. Got it. So you've been, you've served in multiple transit roles thus far. You've been a driver, manager, now you're the transit administrator. Yes. Got I it. believe we're going to go into operations managers, uh, you know, modified role now and moving up and yep. taking a little more responsibility. But it does help that I've been involved in all those roles. I think I can relate to the drivers. I see a lot of the the daily interaction and the mm-hmm. problems that may uh, may arise during the day. So it does give me a better understanding of what's what's going on out there. Got it. So tell me, what's the what's the biggest challenge facing transit systems in general, especially for a jurisdiction our size? Uh, so we're a but you know, just shy of thirty thousand people. We have you know, we don't have fixed rail. We don't have a metro system or a subway system. We're way too small for that. Um, we don't even have the large transit buses like you might see in a big city. So for somebody about our size, what's the biggest challenge? I think because we do have a smaller fleet in a smaller area, it's you know it's very important that we keep up with the maintenance, which mm-hmm. is vital to the buses and. As far as the daily cleaning, especially Mm -hmm. now with all the COVID-related restrictions and policies that we put into place, you know, just keeping a good rotation. That way we have the buses on the road and serving, you know, being on schedule, being Mm -hmm. on time, because we do have a longer turnaround than some of our larger cities may have, because we do split our routes up in the north end and the south end routes. Yeah. So just making sure we keep the buses on the road and have all the drivers in and scheduled appropriately to get people, you know, transferred to other buses whenever they need to transfer. So what is a, you, know, you, you referenced the, 
the time in between buses, the headways. What's what dictates the headways between buses? Because ours is about how long between buses. We service a bus stop every hour and ten minutes. Okay. And that is basically just to give them enough time to have that layover to allow for delays, mm-hmm. detours. Uh, once they get back from a north end route, they will locate uh, down here at Boscowan Street mm-hmm. at our transfer station. Okay. So there, if any passengers have caught the bus on the north end, they can transfer to a bus maybe going in a different direction on the south end if they need Got it. to go to a different area of town. So how do we determine where the routes are? We've Our, our routes, how many different routes do we have in the city? We have seven different routes. You know, three on the north end uh, with one of those being a split route. One route will go to Sunnyside. The next okay. time it goes to the north end, we'll go towards the Salvation Army. Got it. And we have three routes on the south end. Mm-hmm. Uh, those routes were already in place when I got here. I'm not sure the determination of where the routes were going. We try to hit all the major entry points mm-hmm. to the city. Of course, the major shopping areas, the medical offices out on Amherst Street. Yeah. What are So if a resident comes to us and says, hey, I, I want we should have a bus stop over here at this shopping center. And we want to take a look at that and determine if it's feasible. What steps do we take? I know there are some ways that we can add Mm -hmm. or remove bus stops. Um, I'm really not getting into all that in my position right now. Okay. Maybe something down the road. But I know we try to hit all the heavily populated areas where people are using the bus and kind of keep an eye on where we do need more bus service. Got it. Because we do have routes that are, you know, that's our focus. That's our mm-hmm. where we're getting the most ridership. On where routes. what's our biggest route? Our most ridership is the Apple Blossom Mall route, which services Pleasant Valley Road, mm-hmm. Walmart, uh, the mall, mm-hmm. and we also Berryville Avenue is one of our heavy, heavy routes. A lot of apartment complexes over there. Got it. I mean, we, we hit a lot of cross streets where people mm-hmm. catch the bus and transfer out to Apple Blossom Mall from that route. How often do we get a disruption? on a bus that makes that means that we got to pull over like what what protocols does a bus driver follow if someone's creating a problem on a bus well if there's a safety concern or issue with the passenger we do pull over and address that immediately Mm it doesn't happen very often Um, a lot of our riders ride daily ride very frequently and have a good rapport with our drivers okay so the drivers can anticipate where something may arise and they try to address Mm -hmm. that before they get they leave the transfer station get out on the road but our drivers are very proactive about you know, being alert and being aware of that. Got it. How, what's the average tenure for our drivers? We have really good retention and a good tenure. I think in our department, probably out of public services, I would have to brag on that a little bit. We have drivers that have been here 14, 15, wow. 17 years. Um, mm. We have a new driver that just started, but before him, our newest driver was two years. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. That's yeah, that's really good. But it's, which is surprising because it's, getting harder and harder to retain drivers. I mean, people with a CDL are in pretty high demand. Right. So what do you attribute that to? Well, uh, our department, a lot of our drivers, um, some of them have had previous jobs before. Mm -hmm. This is kind of their second leg of their career. Got it. I think um, once maybe they're comfortable in an area, Mm -hmm. we do have a good retention in that aspect. Got it. And we've talked about how working here is like a big family too. I they, know you take, you and Renee were taking care of everybody. It's a great team. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, if someone has something come up, they need to switch a route or switch a shift. Yeah. People jump right in there. It's a great team. They all care about each other and just one big happy family. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So tell me about the, the vehicles we have currently. Uh, Cause we don't have, you know, I mentioned earlier, we don't have the, that full size city bus that you might see in, 
you know, DC or, or, other, or another major city. What we have a particular type of bus. What type of bus do we have? We do. They refer to those as low floor buses. Low floor buses. Arbach makes those. It's um, it's a transition from what Wintran used to use, which had the lifts in the rear of the bus. So if, okay. a, if a driver would approach a stop and someone would need the lift, maybe for a mobility device mm-hmm. or a, a walker or just someone that has a cart or something from shopping, they would have to get out of the bus, make sure they position that bus in the correct spot to walk around to get that passenger on mm-hmm. the bus. Now with these low floor bus- buses, we have ramps that will the driver can stay in the seat yeah hit a button the ramp goes out to the curb passengers much uh, more ease of access on the bus which is easier getting around town in the tight spots we're in with these smaller buses plus with our ridership it fits perfectly with what we have uh, we have five buses that we keep in rotation on our fixed routes mm-hmm. and our paratransit we have four and of course okay. we have the trolley service as well let's talk about paratransit for a second so we have what what are our responsibilities we i know the the federal government plays a big role in in all transit but uh tell how does paratransit work because a lot of people they see our buses but they don't often see the paratransit side of it how does that work right and sometimes people will mistake the paratransit buses for the fixed route they're mm. just a little bit smaller but they're the same color scheme same design but paratransit is a complementary service to our fixed routes for people that may have limited mobility or um, some of our elderly passengers that live a little bit further away from a bus stop than they're able to get to. Mm-hmm. So this is an application process that you would go through. We have an application process that we can mail or it's on the website. There's a portion um, where their doctor will fill out and acknowledge some areas of limitation for them. Okay. And we can approve or deny uh, based on their doctor's referral. Got it. And once they're signed up for paratransit, it's basically, you know, a, a a bus taxi service they call uh, within 24 hours of the night before uh, some people set up for the week set up for the month if they're oh wow some regular users we have a lot of regular riders on paratransit as well okay so and we pick them up at their house and we take them to their destination right right it's a curb to curb service so their house to their destination whether it be a doctor whether it be shopping whether mm-hmm. it be going to a relative or friend's house or Got work it. yeah i think people also use it for work. work yes yeah. they do yeah wow and the city doesn't so let's talk about money for a minute because a lot of people you know they might think that the city covers all these costs but you know paratransit that's entirely covered by the federal government um but we are required to do it so how what what are the the limitations and restrictions there you know we can't just you know a lot of times people say oh we're one run this route out into the county because you know there's a the shopping center out in the county and people need to get to and from work there well, it's outside of our jurisdiction. How does the funding work in those situations? Right. Well, we, like you said, we are federally funded, and we have a lot of those guidelines and policies that we have to follow. With our jurisdiction where we operate, we're allowed to go three-quarters of a mile past our last bus stop. Okay. So that does take us into the county in some areas uh, mm-hmm. slightly, but like you said, we do have a lot, some requests that want us to go to the Gateway Plaza out on Route 7. That's just out of our dur- jurisdiction. Um, but any, if anyone calls about questions about this stop or if we can get to here or get to there, mm-hmm. um, we always do our research. And sometimes I'll have to go out and drive just to verify the mileage. Got it. Because it's real tight in some areas where it's right at that three quarters. Gotcha. Now, we're planning a, a new route down to Laurel Ridge Community College. That's going to take folks. It's kind of an express route because it goes. Where's it going to? Do we know where it's going to pick up yet? No, we're un- I'm unsure of that. Um, I don't know if we're going to be going down the interstate, going down Route Got 11. It. 
but it is going to be a, a good service to get out to the community college from, yeah. from the city here. So we would, and that's kind of what's uh, dictating our choice of route is that paratransit requirement because it has to be anything within three quarters of a mile of a stop, correct? Correct. So when people say, well, just run, run the bus down Route 11 so it can pick up more people, well, right. if the county wanted to contribute to that, then um, I think we'd be all for it. But this is funding given to the city by the feds to operate the service so right and that allocates the amount of buses and the amount of drivers that we mm -hmm. have if we would extend into those areas we service a, a much larger area we would need you know more paratransit buses more fixed route more yeah. drivers because the hours and the and the demand of vehicles we would not be able to got it so uh, if someone showed up and wanted to be a driver what are they what what steps do we take what do they have what's the process look like for hiring a driver like I said, we do require a Class B CDL with mm -hmm. the passenger endorsement. Um, once we go through our interview process, and if you're the selected candidate, we put you through a training program where it has been me in the past. The first mm -hmm. week, you know, we'll go out and ride all the routes, kind of just let everybody get a big picture of where we go, where the mm -hmm. transfers are, um, do a little bit of paratransit riding as well to see how that works. Because we do have some people that come from school bus backgrounds that mm -hmm. aren't a little familiar with transit. We have some people that have been in delivery service, driving for us, but... Um, it helps if you do have a transit background because you had it. Yeah. Some people love transit. Some people, you know, just don't fully grasp it till they get out there and, and drive it. But once we get out on the routes, then you'll be paired up with one of our uh, senior drivers, mm -hmm. and they'll ride with them. They'll be doing the driving. If they have any questions, the driver is on the bus with them to help. Got it. Navigate or ask any questions they may have along the way. But you have to come to us with that CDL. Correct. We do not. We don't do the currently training. do any CDL training. Gotcha. And then there's, I'm assuming there's background check. Yes. Background yeah, check. Do that for everybody. Drug tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you? there's there's federal there's federal rules that apply to our transit employees that don't apply to the rest of staff. Right. We do require the DOT physical uh, mm -hmm. drug and alcohol screening program and the random testing pool that they're required to be in once they're a driver. Got it. Got it. I want to talk about the trolley. Yes. We have two trolleys. Mm -hmm. One for transit, one not for transit, right? Correct. Yeah. So one what, just got transferred over to Parks Tourism. And Rec. Tourism. Yes. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So the one that's not tourism, what do we use it for? We have a designated trolley route. It services mainly the south end of town where the, the major shopping areas are. Mm -hmm. It takes a little leg off Valley Avenue uh, to go down Harvest Drive to service an area that our fixed routes do not currently service. Uh, and then we go out a little bit farther down on Pleasant Valley down by Target and Michael's, Red Lobster, all those places to eat and places to shop yeah and it's a little bit longer of a route it doesn't do the split routes like our fixed routes do so it's more you know a longer one big loop around mm -hmm. but it still does intersect our fixed fixed route so it will be at walmart a little ahead or a little behind of apple blossom mall route got it sometimes if that bus is a little full some people will like to take the trolley just to okay. have a little more yeah. breathing room why especially we, during covid yeah why do we have the trolley why does it look different than the rest well it uh, it looks like a trolley, but it acts like a bus. Everything right. is built the same as a bus, except for the rear lift, opposed to the low floor buses that we have. But um, is it I'm just not, for I, fun? I guess it's just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people like seeing the it trolley. <laughs> All the kids like waving to the trolley drivers. Yeah. You know, it's just something. Yeah, it's a good curb appeal for the city. What are so? Right now, you can ride fare free. A lot of jurisdictions are looking at fare free. We went fare free about a was it last summer? I think it was last year. Last, yeah, yeah was, through 2023, June. Yeah. 
Right. So right now you can ride Wintran fare free. Have we seen a pretty big uptick in ridership? Our ridership numbers are pretty much back to where they were pre-COVID. Great. So we're we're back to business as usual pretty mm-hmm. much now as far as we were before 2020. Gotcha. Do we still require masks on the bus? They are required um, for our drivers and our passengers to wear while they're on the bus. I think that is in place right now through March 18th. And whether that gets extended or releases that day is uh, Mm. uncertain. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah. But people are pretty used to the mask at this point. What hurts us is when other places start lifting the mask. Yeah. And then people Mm. don't have them with them. So we're giving out a lot more masks. People put up a little more resistance. But. You know, it's only a 20, 30-minute ride. And yeah. It keeps like, everybody safe. And it's yeah. not our decision. This is right, a federal it's, it's mandate. A federal it's not rule. on us. Yeah. yeah. And we have a tremendous amount of masks we can carry. So <laughs> we, <do. laughs> we have no shortage of masks. Keep my, office, my office is a shelf full of them. Yep. Yep. So, and we are about to start doing something uh, new, um, and that is we're going to start running on holidays. Have they talked to you about that yet? I've oh, heard that. I've heard really? That. Oh, you've heard it. Good. I'm not, bra- <laughs> I'm not, I'm not breaking new news Latest here. Latest news. It, it got there. Um, yeah, so we're going to start running. We normally do not run on holidays. Or Sundays, right? Or, yeah, Sundays it's... Right, we just run Monday through Saturday. Yeah, okay. Monday through Saturday. So we're, we're just gonna, talking holidays. Yep, we're going to start okay. doing um, kind of the minor holidays where um, most places are still open. So, for mm-hmm. example, President's Day, a lot of businesses still open. Uh, I mean, pretty much every uh, auto dealership and furniture store right. in the world <laughs> is open on President's True. Day for the President's Day sale. So, and a lot of a lot of our folks work at mm-hmm. you know they work in retail, they work in service industry, um, and because they rely on it to get to work, yeah, you know, those kind of those are crummy days when all of a sudden they got to figure out a different way to get to uh, to get to the office or to get to their work. Uh, so, minor holidays we're going to start running. We'll still uh, we'll still close down, you know, Christmas Day and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, but some of the minor ones. Um, right, and a lot of those minor holidays catch people off guard. We put yeah. out our information, mm-hmm. but some of our elderly passengers and some of our passengers that are just used to that daily routine, yeah. you know, all of a sudden that Monday rolls around, they're thinking, you know, I forgot about that. Yep. So doctor's appointments, a lot of people have their doctor's appointments scheduled on those days, and they have to kind of rearrange it. Yep. So it'll yeah, be a big benefit to the passengers. That's right, and speaking of letting people know, um, Kenny and I both send out text, emails, mm-hmm. and phone calls when the transit schedule changes through our notification system. So um, if you decide to start writing or if you are writing and you're not signed up for that, mm-hmm. please do because we'll let you know when the schedule changes for weather or Got for it. those holidays. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a great benefit. Or sometimes if we have a water break or something like that pop up, well, you know, we'll send the notification mm-hmm. about the water break, but we may have to detour one of our routes or we may yeah. have to, you know, yeah. we may be on a little bit delay, you know, time so we can get that information out. The more people will that ride the bus that on that system, you know, right. yeah. more in the know. Yeah. And do we have an, how do folks find out about the route? Do we have an app or do we, or is it on the website? How do folks find out about our routes? Everything's on the website. We mm-hmm. also have schedules that we hand out on the bus if the passenger require, uh, requests that or requires that. And it's here at City Hall too. City Hall, you know, we have an open line, direct transit line that people can call if they're at a stop and they're unsure what time the bus arrives. Got it. All right. Well, Kenny, thanks for coming in. Thanks for chatting us about it. uh, Anything we missed? Anything uh, about transit that we need to... uh, Any burning questions we forgot to ask? Burning questions. I think (laughs) we talked about how to become a driver, how it operates, the money. What's the biggest question you get besides where's the route go? Probably did I miss the bus or is the bus coming? Is the bus late? You know, a lot of times, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 
we just we're just there if someone calls it just to verify a lot of times it's just a minor confusion or like i said those paratransit buses yeah they'll be waving the paratransit bus down and the driver mm-hmm. will try to tell them no it's not me no. not me <laughs> we need to do a video on how to read that darn bus schedule though it's it's difficult yeah for me anyway we'll, we'll be making some <laughs> i think uh enhancements to that in the future right. for, yeah. so for someone that isn't used to transit or doesn't ride daily it can be a little mm-hmm. bit of a yeah, intimidating undertaking to start using transit. We want to try yeah. to make that more friendly and more, more available to people just to hop on and go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kenny, thanks for joining us. Thanks and uh, if anybody's interested in riding Wintran, you can do it for free uh, between now and June of 2023. That's right. And uh, if you want to find out where it goes, just go to WinchesterVA.gov. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Thanks for having me. All right, so there you go. Another uh, very nice, polite, professional city employee. Yep. Uh, we will be, and we kind of alluded to this a little bit in the uh, in the interview, but I, I would keep an eye on, you know, for city residents, keep an eye on Wintran over the next year or two. There are going to be some pretty significant changes uh, to, to really modernize uh, a lot of what, uh, how the fleet operates. Technology is... Know, really disrupting and changing the way people move around mm-hmm. so i think in the next year or two uh, you're going to see a lot of different enhancements changes to make wintran uh, more convenient uh, more realistic for for people to use it to incorporate it into their daily uh, schedule daily life you know right now you know like you heard kenny say an hour and 10 minutes yeah if you miss that bus you're waiting another hour and 10 minutes well that's it's not real realistic for a lot of people. So um, we're going to be taking a lot of lessons from other jurisdictions, um, from you know even private companies like Uber and Lyft hmm. uh, to try to model a transit system that really reflects the you know the true day-to-day uh, experience of somebody who, who needs to rely on public transit or just wants to be a rider of choice and, and yeah. y- use it occasionally to either get to uh, to get to the park or to go sh- grocery shopping, things like that. Yeah, those man- those minor holidays will make a big difference too because oh, yeah. even if you're off, mm-hmm. you can still use the transit to go to the park or exactly. go shopping and do th- other things other than just go to work. So that's going to make a big difference for a lot of people. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Rouse Review City Works. Uh, next time we're going to talk about taxes. Yep. Why you pay them. <laughs> what they fund right and you know some some of the ins and outs of how that works so uh especially important since we're in the middle of preparing the city's budget for next year so tax season's right around the corner season's right around the corner so uh if you want to hear about how (laughs) taxes work in a local jurisdiction uh tune on in until then we'll see you around city hall